This is episode 93 of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Today's guest is Much Music VJ Teddy Tong. Teddy has been known for his time with many different endeavors and currently is a video journalist with Much Music. He's helping bring back the significance that Much Music had on pop culture in Canada in the late 90s and early 2000s. So sit back and enjoy today's episode as we talk about music in Canada, some of his favorite artists, and his unique and inspirational journey as a content creator, despite the adversity he faced. First, a word from our sponsor. If you're like most people, you strive to eat healthy as much as you can, but it gets really difficult when life gets in the way. We get busy, we're running around doing lots of things, it's hard. Being able to eat healthy on the go is super important more than ever now. And that's why I'm here to tell you about G2G Protein Bars. They're the best protein bar for eating healthy on the go. It's made with all natural ingredients. They're fresh. It tastes like homemade, but it's even better. G2G Bars have 18 grams of protein and are gluten-free. With eight different flavors, there's so many different things that you can enjoy about the great tastes of G2G Bars and what they have to offer. They're fresh, healthy, and delicious. Make sure to get yours at g2gbar.ca or at your local retailer in Canada or the U.S. Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Sit back and enjoy stories and insight from sports icons from all over. Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Today, as always we do, have very special guests here, only the best of the best. We're throwing it back to the childhood of all millennials, but we're still in the present year 2022. With me on today's episode is a, a VJ, video journalist from Much Music. He's famous for his great digital content. Please welcome the very great Teddy Tong. You know what, man? I was waiting for the intro because, you know, I saw the intros you've been doing to some of my boys and uh, I'm, I'm very satisfied, bro. Nice to meet you, man. It is a great pleasure to have on one of the rising stars in video journalism, in digital content creation in Canada, and still at such a young age. And I think what you've done with the path that you're blazing for yourself, for your culture, for your family, friends, it's so amazing. And I think that's what makes the the fabric of Canadian media as time goes on so special is to see people that break through, do things that have never been done before. And quite honestly, that's why people love sports. And that's why when I speak to guests on my podcast, we love to see things that have never done before. We love to talk about stories that are memorable and are from people who eventually become known to be movers and shakers. So you are now with Much Music. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about the journey of how you reached this point of working with an organization that has brought back to life something that was so quintessential to Canadian pop culture back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, man. Um, You know, I never knew with my path going in that it would be much. The only thing I knew was that, okay, at the early age of 20 years old, my parents wanted me to be in the medical field. They wanted me to be a doctor, pharmacist, nurse. And I did somewhat follow that path. But at one point, I realized really early on, and I'm grateful for it, that I'm like, okay, if I do this, when I'm 35, I might not be happy. And I might blame them. Now, that's not fair because it's my life. So 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I really enjoyed uh, comedy. I enjoyed skits. I enjoyed uh, um, 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 like, what's it called? Like Netflix series and like those series, those like fun workaholic type shows. And I was like, you know what? When Instagram came out and I had my first account in 2014, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this platform to see where it takes me. Now that whole journey has taken me through a crazy roller coaster, uh, ups and downs. Um, but sticking through it led me to much. And that's why it's kind of monumental because yeah, I, I did grow up on much as well. And uh, it was a no brainer because I knew growing up how much it meant to my family and uh, my cousins and everything and to me growing up. So I'm like, man, to be a part of this is a complete honor and to be selected for this. So I wanted to, you know, to continue that is, 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 uh, is an exciting thing. So that's, that's pretty much how, you know, in, uh, as we dive deeper into the story, that's how it kind of like got to that moment. So with working at much for those that would remember or are old enough to remember, it was such a big part of pop culture at that time in Canada with music. And when people talk about much music, actually seeing music videos, and how it was centered around the influence that it had on media, on people in society. But then it went away and then it finally came back as we've seen the digital age evolve and really, and really focus and center itself around people using apps like TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat, et cetera, maybe more TikTok and Instagram now. And things always change very rapidly. You were there talking about, your first Instagram account back in the day, that seems like forever ago, even though it's not even more than 10 years. Yeah, man. What have you noticed from the evolution of your time using social media to create content when you consider what Instagram was like when you first started, what it's like now, and then where places like TikTok are going? Yeah. uh, uh, TikTok is definitely like the the most, I think arguably like the best app right now, honestly. Um, in terms of like getting out there and, you know, kind of sharing your work. Uh, how has it changed? Man, when I go, you know, the thing is, I always say, I tell my friends and I tell people that, you know, supporters, I'm like, you know what? I feel very grateful that, you know, I was in an era where I had no social media in high school just because of my age, you know, the age group that I was in. Um, I thought that it allowed me to kind of create the genuine connections and everything. So that's why, that's why sometimes I feel bad that these kids attach their social profiles to their worth because it doesn't make no sense and, and, and it's not true. Um, but uh, I think it's changed a lot in terms of, um, you know, when I used it, when I was using it back then, I had the same goal. I, I, you know, people forget that often these creators start at zero as well. You know, we don't say, oh, let's make one skit. And then, you know, we blow up and it's like that. Some, my path wasn't like that. My path was more so slow grind, slow grind, slow grind. So a lot of the times these creators kind of give up early because they don't get the satisfaction immediately, which I feel like, you know, that's when you, you really get tested if you love it or not. And that's why I always, pa- I always push, you know, love it first so much because, you know, what you're doing right now, love it so much. Because, you know, if you don't get the gratification right away, if you don't get this, that, the numbers, whatever gets in your head and then you end up giving up, did you really enjoy it? You know, the, the, you, you doing this right now is something that you enjoy and you, you do well at and, you know, you're making connections and you're telling stories. That's important. You need to keep that, that, that foundation. Um, uh, in terms of how it's changed, I feel like it's easy. It's faster to blow up, I feel. But it doesn't matter because eventually you have to maintain it and you have to... Um, you have to be consistent in some way. You know, a lot of people blow up for a lot of things and then they kind of go, they disappear after, you know, what happens after, you know? So that's why I say the love for it and the purpose and why you do it is very important because it doesn't matter five, six, 10 years now. It's been seven, 
I think 2014, I had my first IG account. I think like 2017 is when I started seeing a little bit. Um, but my biggest years are definitely like 2019 and, and forward. So, um, and um, I definitely feel like apps now, you need to use it um, as something that you're excited to share and, and, and create as opposed to like what you should, what you need to get from it. I don't know if that makes sense right now, but uh, I just feel, I feel like that's the biggest change. Um, a lot of kids now are trying to use the app. Oh, I started this, started a podcast. Oh, I started a business, this, that. And the next thing you know, a month later, they're not doing it anymore. And it's because, oh, maybe they didn't feel like they got the gratification right away, but that's not the game. You have to think about the long game and, and the, the process of it all. Cause I'll tell you that my journey, I, I had the whole process, you know, I started from zero. I, I didn't get thing. I didn't get immediate reactions right away. You know, none of us really did. Um, so to stick by it is the, the most important thing. I think now the difference is you can have one video blow, but my advice is, you know, how do you maintain and keep that? And that's one of the things that's the most difficult about content creation is any person can make a post on Instagram. Any person can make a TikTok video or a dance or whatever, but how can you do that repeatedly? And how can you do that in engaging ways and don't become stale and don't just repeat the same thing over and over. And right. It's a lot harder than it looks. Like you said, it's a process. People, every person I know, I was so nervous to start a podcast because I was worried of what people were going to say. Or you're just right. like everyone else or who the hell wants to listen to you or blah, blah, blah. Well, I was like, well, right. I don't think those things. I want to talk to people who people want to listen to. Who am right. I to think that I'm the almighty word and power of the niche of Canadian football or talking to people in whatever sports? Right. People want to want to listen to what you have to say. They don't want to listen to what I have to say, right? You're the person that's now in the position where people are, you're growing a following, right? When you're in the early stages, the following isn't there. You need to do it. And the way that I've looked at it, like you just said, is if nobody listens, if nobody watches, if nobody likes anything you do, but you still love it, then you can't lose. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And like, look, like when you do this, you know, you'll have like that one viewer that could potentially change your life that has a connect to, you know, TSN or, you know, that like that, like, that's pretty much what happened to me, bro. You know, stay inspired, man. Like I just, I started from making skits in my room. I was like, you know what? I want to be on a Netflix series or I want to be on like a little show. I want to get, I want to get a character, a comedy. I want to do that, you know? And then started making skits here and there, throwing them out, throwing them out. Sometimes they'll get like fucking 80 likes, bro. You know, but I just kept going because, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I got a stride. Then I started collabing with people. I started, you know, doing what you're doing now, you know, connecting with people and all that. And eventually, you know, I just started to gain this momentum where, you know, you couldn't not see a video from me or not see me somewhere. You know, I started collabing everywhere. And eventually, like I said, that one person, you know, you don't need instant views, man. That one person could probably be like a cousin of a friggin' producer at TSN. And they're like, yo, you see this? Oh, yeah. And they're like looking at it. Then, oh, and now the ways of reaching out are easy now, right? Email, DM on Instagram, DM on TikTok, DM on every app. You know, those moments, those like, you know, consistency, those things can change your life, honestly. So I, that's why I love when, you know, creators just start, you know? I love that. I love that, you know, when, when they just they start and they just they just go. Because a lot of the times people are watching from the outside like, man, I can make a podcast. Oh, man, I could be a soccer player. Oh, I could, I could have played a 905 Raptors. But did you even, like, stand up and train? Did you stand up, press record? Did you go through any of that? Did you go, you know, go outside in the cold and dribble? Or you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this, it's the starting aspect of everything that gets you somewhere. And 
luckily for me and 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 uh I want to inspire people to just start and try because you know when you start and try you know progression is still something you know what i mean mm-hmm. you talk about loving netflix series and tv shows and skits and acting what mm-hmm. were some of your or still are your favorite tv shows or netflix series to watch right now oh man i love really loved workaholics have you seen that yeah that was an amazing show it was super underrated when it first came out I don't think enough people talked about it. I agree. Um, I just finished Money Heist. That was insane. You watch that? I have not seen that one yet. No. Okay. Uh, and then uh, you know Cobra Kai, Fire. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. uh, but growing up, I was watching Fresh Prince. I was watching. Uh, I was watching a lot of YouTube too. Um, there was a guy named Timothy Delaghetto that I recently collabed with. He's on my page. And that's another example. I watched this guy. Like, he's huge. He was like, he's like huge. He's a huge, huge, huge creator. Timothy Delaghetto. And I looked up to him. And through my path and continue to grow, building a resume, he was like, yo, you're, 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 you're sick. Nice. And then I was like, yo, let's get, can you be on IG Live with me? He ended up being IG Live on me. And, like, it blew my fans away and I gained more, you know. So um, it's crazy that I really believe that, you know, a lot of the things that we manifest and that we like look at and whatever with like hard work, it'll somehow be full circle. But one thing is when it becomes full circle, the lights will be bright and that's where you have to shine because this is the moment you want, right? Mm -hmm. Matias, you doing all of this. There'll be a moment one day where, A, someone's in your ear, three, two, one, you're ready to go and it's live. You can't back down from it. You could be nervous. I was very nervous for a lot of my moments. When I was live TV for TSN in 2019, I was like, my back was sweaty, bro. I was shitting myself. You know what I mean? It never showed because when the lights shined, I'm like, I belong here. Yeah, that's it, man. You got you to gotta have that belief in yourself and understand, you know, that like, like Tim Grover would say, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant's trainer. You're like, there is no lights on and off. Like when you're focused and in the zone, like to you, you're on all the time, right? And that's the thing right. that separates the people who are good from the people who are great. And when it comes to those moments, and even when I went through my first trials and tribulations of doing on-camera hits with like Manitoba Bison's football, like it doesn't go on TV. No one's thinking about it or talking about it. But that first time where a camera's on you and you're just like getting used to holding the mic and just trying not to shit yourself because you're just so focused on wanting to be the best. But then over time, you just, you become friends with the camera. You see it and you're just like, hey, it's an old friend. Then how's it going? And and that's when you get to be like a guy like Cabby, you know, like Cabby is like someone that, was so iconic for me as a kid because he could just let any person be themselves and everyone would unwind when he would interview them, Aaron Rodgers or Kobe Bryant, DeRozan, any guy in the Raptors, you name it. He was just that. So how's it going? Like, let me tell this funny joke or do you remember this time? Or what did you think of this? Like these really specific niche things. And then everyone was just like, so in love with watching what he did because it was real. It was authentic. It wasn't, it didn't seem staged, you know? Abby's a legend, man. I tell this guy like once a month when I went, I'm like, bro, you know, you know that, right? <laughs> He's like so humble and everything like that. I'm like, nah, man, you, you know that, right? I'm going to remind you forever, you know? Um, but yeah, you're right. Cabby, Cabby, Cabby was a trailblazer. So you talk about loving much music as well growing up as a kid. Yeah. What's some of your favorite music that you listen to? Some of your, some artists that you've looked up to and or some of your favorite ones that you've now had the opportunity to sit down and chat with. Yeah, um, I'm an R&B head. So within our group, there's five other VJs. I want to shout out every VJ. 
you know, um, Quay, Verda, uh, Georgia, Shade, and Maya. There's six of us together, and we like formed the Power Rangers. Honestly, like, unbelievable group. Seriously, I'm like, it's only been a little bit over six months, and um, we launched July seven, and right now we have 1.2 million on TikTok, and that just goes to show the team's hustle and. Um, you know, and we've been all been creating from home, right? This COVID stuff still keeping us at home. So to still be kind of restricted like that and pull that type of numbers is very inspiring to me. And I get inspired by them and the whole team. Um, music wise, man, I, I'm an R&B head. Yeah, that's why I said that. I'm the R&B head within the group. I listen to a lot of 90s and 2000s R&B. That's where I really thrive. And I really feel my like myself. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been listening to everything now, man. Like a little bit of rock, you know what I'm saying? A lot of... Uh, Afro, oh, I love Afro beats. I love, um, I can even listen to a little bit of EDM. You know, I'm pretty, my palette, my, my music palette's not bad, bruh. You know what I mean? Right now, my favorite, uh, I, I spoke to um, Kid Leroy, which was like one of my biggest interviews probably, um, which I need to be in person eventually, but I to build that connection over uh, that, that like Zoom was cool. Like it was, it's on my page too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, hmm. I met Killy in person. He was amazing. Roy Woods was awesome. Some when I went to Oshiega a couple months ago, I met a lot of like really amazing French artists like Saran and Zach Zoya. Um, but yeah, my palette, my music palette's pretty out there, bro. I, I'll listen to everything, honestly. And that's important for when you're being a video journalist because you get to listen to all sorts of music. And I think yeah. that's the thing that's so interesting when people talk about conversations, like well, what listen, music do you listen to? People will say anything. And then someone will throw out the joke like, Oh, so even Mongolian throat singing from the 1200s, like maybe <laughs> not necessarily as far as that, but <laughs> yo, what is that? is that? Is that fire? Like I need, bro, to I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I've actually seen so many memes where people are like, yeah, they listen to Mongolian throat singing or Icelandic pirate music from the 1500s. You look it up, man. It's actually, <laughs> it's funny, but at the same time, it's low key a vibe yeah. when you just, you go with the flow of these jokes and you're like, yo, I actually listen to guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like it, I can't even go as low as they did go, man. It's like, it's insane. But that's what I think is so amazing about music is that for someone like myself, I listen to a lot of like seventies, eighties, nineties, growing up as a kid, the nice. classic parental influence of listening to the radio. Nice. But then when you start, when I started to let myself be a little bit more loose and get into songs that were present or on the radio or in different genres, that is something I think, that is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Like people love talking about sports and how it unites everyone. But I think music does something to unite people in a way that is so unlike anything else. When you put put on a song or if you're on Ox Duty, like that to me is like being a Marine in the United States. Like being on Ox Duty is the most religious, like you have to be up to par thing that you can ever be put in charge of. And I'm sure when you talk about music with other video journalists and, and when you're talking with musicians, that yeah. connection is what shines through. Yeah, yeah. No, that's funny, man. That's funny. Um, being on the ox is heavy, heavy, heavy pressure. Uh, but yeah, music is something that is universal and you're right, brings people together. Very grateful to be in, in that industry, honestly. Because I, I still feel like we're, we, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's only been a little bit over six months. So the potential for this I see is like, astronomical honestly because once we get to be with people and you know potentially do some live shows and kind of execute on these um ideas that we have and um yeah there's a lot of surprises with much that are going to be in a few months man 
what are some of the things that you look forward to doing personally within your realm of content creation? And what are some of the types of things you want to maybe try experimenting with or things that you really pique your interest with current trends and current styles of content? Like what, like what, do, what do I want to do? Like with my, um, like content in the future type of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know, my Filipino series that I do with my mom. Quote, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my uh, good friend, Candice. Shout out Candice. She does the role so well. She's honestly the superstar in this. Um, I hope for that to get picked up in the Philippines or something. I dream about that. Like randomly, I'm like, you know what, man, if a Philippine, like Filipino channel picked that up, give us like 10 episodes, that'd be pretty cool. Right. Um, but that was always the, the goal with that one. So that's how we, we were making a little series here and there. Um, what else? Mm. Yeah, I do a lot of cultured stuff. Um, where do I see some of my content? Yeah, like a show, man. I always say this, man. I'm like, hey, Netflix or any show, give me a character on a season. I don't even care if I die in season one, man. Just give me a shot. You know what I mean? Give me a shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd love, I would, that'd be a complete honor. And I, that's why I think, I think um, to say that, I my content is kind of like a resume to what I could potentially do. Yeah. And it is like a resume and there's always, sometimes there's, there's neat little folds and things that you have to do first that maybe aren't necessarily, necessarily on your radar. And I feel like the opportunities to be diverse when it comes to the media that people consume in the Philippines, for example, I know with my parents or my parents being from Portugal and Brazil, people love they love watching soap soap operas. It's literally yeah. the thing that is like the number one rated television show in both countries, obviously behind soccer. And I feel like yeah. with my friends who are from South Asia, especially from like the Philippines, like those kinds of things seem so stupid to us. Maybe like they're silly or campy, but like, could you imagine what it would be like being in like a Filipino soap opera? I think that would be a very interesting experience, honestly. I know. I don't know. I don't even, I can't even think of one that is like that. So yeah, I think it needs to be done, man. You're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite like what what's your favorite type of like style of of joke when it comes to your content creation because i know that you do a lot of cultural yeah, stuff yeah. but like what are some of the specific yeah. elements within cultural stuff that you really like to pick upon is there inspiration yeah. from i'm sure like childhood or yeah. growing up with your family certain mannerisms or events people talk about whether it's going to school or whether it's yeah. dinners with family if you go through my whole catalog, I guarantee 96, 7% of that really happened to me, whether it be with girls, with culture, with friends, embarrassing stuff. Um, but for me, I like, I have a lot of videos where I, uh, it's all facial expression and action, no words. And then like a song and then like a, a caption, those really get me. I really love stuff like that. It's almost like inspired by Mr. Bean, but there's also a favorite. There's a, my favorite comedian on IG. One of my faves is this guy named Rennie and he does stuff like that. And he incorporates like 2000 slow R and B and he makes it really funny like that. But uh, yeah, everything that you see on my page, I pretty much went through in real life. So I'm like, let me turn this into a skit. Oh, when I was chatting with Neiman, as we had him on an episode just uh, two weeks ago, actually. And, he was talking about the origins of 
his jokes and his humor with what he knew best Persian culture, right. where he's from. Yeah. And he was saying, he's like, I would always just like, you know, learn to make fun of my mom and, and do that growing up as a kid, because it's something that you observe and it's ingrained in you so that when you s- actually press record and do it on camera, people start to laugh because these memories deep rooted in their subconscious start to become unlocked and say, Hey, I remember when my mom said this to me or my, when my dad said that, or when I yeah. got beaten for this st- small little thing or when whatever the, the scenarios are endless. And I think that's what some of the best type of content is when it comes to cultural jokes, because yeah. the relatability is just so unmatched. I agree. It's just like, you know, that, that's what, that's what gets people to press that, that arrow and that share button, you know, D DMs it to their group chat and go check this out. Remember this type of thing. Those hit the most, man. Those hit the best. What has been the most difficult part of your content creation journey? Cause I know with your story, having gone into the medical field and feeling like there was this burden to please parental generations, grandparental generations. Right. So it hasn't been easy and it's not all sunshine and rainbows every single day. As much as people love enjoying the humor of your content and as much as people may think that, oh, it's just all easy street, no problems. What are some of the challenges that you face with content creation, even still to this day? Yeah. Hmm. The biggest, one of the biggest challenges was, um, you know, kind of transitioning from, I switched programs three times, twice, something like that. I switched programs and that's money out of my parents' pocket that's going to waste, you know? Um, That was the toughest part, knowing that deep in my heart, I wanted to create and I wanted to be in that field, but how? (laughs) So that was was definitely the toughest part. And eventually, you know, my my dad and mom were kind of running out of patience. And I remember them calling calling me to their room. They're both crying, right? I'm 21, right? And I guess in the Asian household, I'm not going to say I guess, but in like an Asian kind of household, and I feel like people go through this now, you're supposed to kind of have your life figured out like right after like, right after high school, you're supposed to go straight into a program, four years, boom, by like 21, 22, you have a job, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, early on, I knew I'm like, damn, this is not my path, man. I'm getting like, I'm getting like panic attacks. I'm like, I'm not even really like loving this class. I don't even show up for, for my classes and stuff. So I remember going to my parents' room and, you know, my mom and dad are both crying and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And my, my mom is like, you know, my dad's like, you know, I don't know. We see you changing programs. We're worried for you. You know, you got to figure out your life. Maybe you should go to the army. And I'm like, man, army is insane. Like they're giving up like that to go to the army. Like my dad's tripping, you know? And, uh, so I was like, that's probably my biggest, that was my biggest thing, man. And this is how I knew that, you know, you got to overcome shit, man. I remember a lot of the times in my room, I'm making a skit. My dad will walk in and be like, what are you doing? Like, is it even funny? What is this? You know, Teddy, there's no Asians on TV. And he would close the door and I would continue my skit. And that's how I knew I was built for it. Cause I'm like, look how much negative energy that is. You know what I mean? It's a, it's lot. a lot of negative energy, man. And he would close the door and I would finish it post it boom keep my day going you know and I'm not trying to say that I was like you know I was like bulletproof to it it really affected me but I think what I did was I used it and I was like you know what if I got one life to live and this is what I really want to do I might as well take a risk because like I'm still young essentially that's what these kids need to know now they're finding out now but in my gen you know I'm 29 now 
when you were 21 back then or whatever, you didn't really have that mentality. Everyone was trying to finish school, get a job and done, you know, and, you know, and I was that one group, friend group that was on that one friend in that group or in whatever that was like trying to do this. And like all my friends were like, yeah, you're funny. Or like, these videos are funny, but they didn't know how far it was going to be. You had to believe in yourself so much, man. And I think that's, that was the hardest part of content creation, believing in yourself, you know, staying positive and funny. Um, but then also seeing that there's still a dream within it, you know, and, um, that's why chronic ink at the tattoo studio, uh, changed my life because, you know, I was in the process of switching programs constantly. And then I see this ad and people, so I, so back, so in like 2015, whatever, I had like 2000 followers or something. I felt so sexy, dude. And I was like, yo man, you know, okay, okay. It's going to be something boom, boom, boom. And then I get tagged in this ad. And it's a, it's the chronic ink tattoo studio looking for the next cabbie looking for the next Jimmy Fallon. That's how they worded it. They wanted a basically like a VJ or like a video journalist type personality to be in their tattoo studio to create for them every day. And that was so, um, I had like forward thinking, like I never thought a tattoo studio would think like that. So I'm okay, cool. This is kind of cool. I saw that it was full-time salary. It was a pay and everything like that. I'm like, Whoa, I can make money making videos. So I tried out for this competition uh, so in 2015 or something like that, and it, it was like top 20, top 10, top five. And bro, I won. That's how I started. They, they're, they're the, there was a big, a big reason why I was able to make videos still and make money. So that's, that's why in the beginning with these creators, they're making a bunch of skits and they're blowing up, but there's no money. And if there was money, it was like one check every three months because it was a brand deal. Mm-hmm. For me, I was working under Chronic Inc. full-time salary and making skits. So I was able to make money, um, obviously put a lot of time into them, whatever. But then I would use, I would hustle extra and like link up with someone to make a skit or make a skit. Da, da, da. So every time you went on my page, it wasn't even ever tattoo stuff. They knew I was a Chronic Inc. guy, but I was making skits. That was the hardest part, I think. Um, and things can get always, things can always get harder. But if I'm looking at my journey now, bruh, that was definitely the hardest part because I'm working full time to make money and whatever, whatever. I'm making videos, so it's cool. I'm in the lane. But then after hours, I would make a skit. I would link up with someone, you know, try to get myself out there, you know, network and this and that. That was probably the hardest part about the creation aspect. Um, for me, I don't post often. Like Nima's a beast. Like I talk shit to him all the time. I'm like, bro, you post every day. Like you're crazy, dude. Like he's like, no, you can do it, man. You can do it. And like sometimes he pushes me, and that's why. Like when I link with him, like it's like he knows I like I, I love skits too. But when I link with him, like it's kind of like he helps. It's like, oh yeah, like this is what I like to do. But I just feel so busy in my other realms. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sometimes I do. I get like uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it when they um when you get like tired get burnt out i get burnt yeah. out all the time whatever you know that mm-hmm. happens um but i never like let it stress me i just be burnt out and then i come back you know what i mean so don't feel too pressured but yeah that, that's probably the hardest part about my content creation and and honestly i think for for those for the person who's listening to this like the and i'm not trying to you know be too you know overly funny here quote a tech talk that has been trending recently but emotional damage the amount that of emotional damage that can happen from having your parents shoot down what you want to do, Are you like, especially when it when it comes to wanting to do something like content creation, when the cultural expectations are, you have to do something that I want you to do. 
you have to do something that I deem or society deems as difficult. And if you don't, then, then what, what is the worth of your life? Or you have to just quit and go to the army or quit and go do something that can salvage your financial stability, which is just, it seems insulting because you're like, Hey, like I love making people laugh and I love making jokes. I love making videos. Yeah. What, like, don't you want to see me happy? Like, isn't that some, isn't that the most important thing? Like, and so when you have to go through those hurdles, even though your resilience to quite a bit of it, there's still the elements of, well, you're going to be tired. You're going to be burnt out for making lots of videos. You got to keep posting and blah, blah, blah. So it's just, yeah. it's crazy to think about all the things you've been through. Even still up to this point, you're super young. It's not like you're in your fifties or sixties or something like <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah, even yeah. 30 yet. So you still have an eternity of time. Do yeah. you have so much time? Are you on TikTok? <laughs> yeah. You learned, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Nima's videos a few times. He's uh to me I think he's better at being Gary Vee than Gary Vee is at being Gary Vee at this point. I will say, man. Like when I watch his videos, I'm like, I'm just watching Gary Vee at this point, just in a, in the in the body of a Persian man, like literally. Nah, he 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 sauces the shit out of that. And honestly, before I don't want to lose this train of thought, but you know, we talk about our parents dressing us and everything, right, brother? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it was that was the hardest part for me too, because I understood why also mm-hmm. our parents didn't come. Like, our parents came from a, spl- a place. Wh- okay, let me start over. Our parents came from a place where they weren't able to really dream and have dreams, bruh. They came and because they had to, they came here, they had to hustle. They had to figure it out. You know what I mean? Birthing us, essentially, in our gen and the kids in the future, we're allowed to dream. So understanding that and being grateful for that at the same time, making them happy and your dreams, that's the craziest thing ever because you know, it's never going to be smooth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You almost have to put your head down and be like, keep telling your parents, trust me, trust me almost like, it's like a crazy thing, but you know, like our parents weren't able to come, come and just dream and be a VJ or be a, you know, a host or make a podcast. They couldn't do that, man. They had to come here to provide a future for us. So that's why I understand the pressure and, you know, them going, you know, you have to do this. You have to finish school. You have to have a job because look at my life. You know what I mean? So there's that understanding as well. And that's why I constantly and always have respect for my parents. So thank God, bruh, that I got out. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And that is a super important element. I remember speaking with uh, a gentleman who was working as a security guard with Bison Sports when I was hosting and doing on-camera stuff on the football field. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm a master's student. I came from India. And he's like, when I asked him, like, oh, what do you want to do? He's like, listen, man, I'm just here so that I can bridge the gap between my family coming from India to Canada for a better life. My job is not to go have fun and to party and to dream and do all these things. My job is to just establish a financially stable foundation for people to eventually reap the benefits of in the future, which if you think about it in a way, yeah, it's disheartening to have people tell you, well, don't dream or that's a waste of time. Or are you even funny? Your Asians aren't on TV. When yeah. we think about it internally, like that's ridiculous. Like, no, you see the people on TV, you see them doing great. You see the berries being broken. But like you said, the mindset that they have is if we don't succeed, we fail. There's no in between and we have to do this or like through hell or high water. It, it's almost like the movie Saving Private Ryan, right? Like you have to achieve your mission's objective or die trying. So that's why they carry that huge burden on their shoulders. Cause they know 
if we didn't provide financial stability for our kids, we failed. And then we failed our parents and so on and so forth. And it's all about pride and honor. And that means so much in our parents' generation, which is why they think like that, even if we may not agree with it. It does, right? And then that's when the conflict happens. And that's when, you know, you you can fall out potentially with your parents and shit like that. Life's crazy, bro. Life's crazy. It's, It's so crazy to think about those things. But at the end of the day, we're still here. We're doing yeah. what we got to do and we're grinding and that's all you can really control. Yeah, man. Lead, lead with gratitude and, um, you know, kindness. Lead, lead, lead with gratitude, kindness, and being humble. You'll get far, bro. So, Teddy, we are getting towards the end of our time on today's episode. So, I'll ask okay. you a few wrap-up questions to have a little bit more fun before we part Ooh, for today. I love it. Let's go. What is your favorite comedy movie of all time? Favorite comedy movie of all time. Um, holy shit. What's this? What's the one? Um, damn. Favorite comedy movie of all time that has me laughing, like laughing, laughing. Nacho Libre. Oh, man. That's an amazing one. So underrated. So underrated. I don't think people talk about it enough, man. Not like I know you said it before, but like Natural Libre is it's it's a it's a classic. Let's go. Favorite artist in R and B. Favorite and of all time. Yeah, all time. Just okay. first one that jumps okay. your head. Okay, mine would be Blast. Blast is an artist that came out. I think a couple. I don't know a year ago or some shit. But his name is Blast. Um, my most listened to on Spotify. He's the one. Favorite cuisine from the Philippines. Favorite favorite food from. Favorite food. Favorite yeah. food would be uh, probably like sinigang. 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 Sinigang is like a soup broth. Uh, it could either be fish, chicken, beef, or pork, whatever, and uh, with like you know some vegetables and shit like that. It's like a little sour soup. You know what I'm saying? Throw some rice in there. Super calm. I love um, lumpia spring rolls. Spring rolls are awesome. And uh, lechon. Lechon is like a, a big ass, uh, you know, f- uh, crispy pig. Oh, man. That's, that's starting <laughs> to make me, it's starting to make me hungry, man. That's just perfect <laughs> timing for lunch. You're going to try it. If there was one country that you could, could live in for one year, that is not where any of your family is from, where would it be and why? Hawaii. Um, just so I could be motivated to continue to get lean and get, get a nice body and get healthy. Um, lots of greens. The scenery is amazing. I bet the photos would be so nice. Um, nature, um, and, um, like just being around water and I feel like the air is fresh. I don't know. I've never been to Hawaii. I just feel like the way it's just, it is everything I've seen from it. I love it. Anything like forest, foresty, like I love that rainforest shit. My final question for you is this. Who is your favorite comedian? Could be stand-up, could be comedic actor, doesn't matter. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. What's what's your favorite movie that he's he's in? Every Deadpool, the one where he's like, I swear, like the moon and the stars and the sky. He's so funny in that. Um, everything Ryan Reynolds does, and it's not even like movies, bro. If you just watch videos of him and things that he's done and interviews, he's like the most genuine dude. And like when he's in movies, he's getting casted as himself. I think that's a flex. That's a huge flex, man. There's not many actors and actresses that get to just be themselves 
when yeah. they are in movies and TV shows. And the ones that do are of the best of the best. Right. Yeah. He's, I, I would say someone else in that same breath, I would say for actors, Russell Brand, I feel like every movie he's in, he's just himself. Like he literally is oh, not even in the script. Like, Oh, I follow Russell Brand too. Yeah. He's, he's, I follow him because I'm like, how the fuck do you talk like that, dude? <laughs> like, where, where did you get that? vocabulary like how do you string words together like that how'd you word learn all those words and like he's so smooth he's like a type of guy that could talk about anything like so simple but then like have so much like he just branches into just like okay cool like the way you're able to just communicate you know i think that's so fascinating yeah russell russell brand's awesome another person like that as well an actress i mean the late great rest in peace betty white i feel like she's she's never been given a script she's just just act like how you would act normally in everyday life. And it just, it makes people kill themselves laughing every single time. She's just like the goat, man. Yeah, she is goaded, man. It's, it's crazy that there's so much going on in the world that you don't get to like, especially in entertainment that you don't get to appreciate them like in the moment because there's just so much. There's always someone new. There's an Island boy, you know, there's some shit going on. Um, Betty White was like, she was so like, she, oh man, she merged with every culture. She did everything so well. RIP. Yeah, man, it's 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 sad, but she lived a very long life, left an amazing legacy behind to continue to inspire the next generation of amazing, amazing comedians, actors, actresses. And who knows, for someone like yourself, you may get your own Netflix special someday and I'll make sure to be the first one watching it when it comes out and you get to be that character and you get to live also beyond season one. Uh, you know what I mean? We'll run this interview back too, man, when that happens. A lot more to talk about. So with that, Teddy, I want to thank you for having been on today's episode. It was a great pleasure to chat with you, have some fun and talk about how much you will continue to inspire the next generation of comedians, VJs, and all the people that want to be digital creators, man. It was a great pleasure. And I'm super appreciative of you being able to be on. Bro, I got you. I got you for another episode and then forever, forever and ever. I love that you started something out of passion. I can tell you care about this. Um, you seem very genuine. Um, you know what I mean? Continue to go on this path. Again, I'm one person will listen to this and you will maybe get, you know, you have an opportunity to do this in a studio. You know what I mean? Keep at it, bro. I see a really, really good future for you and you have great energy and I'll see you again. I appreciate that very much, Teddy. Thank you very much for the kind words. And thank you to the listener for enjoying today's episode with Much Music VJ, Teddy Tong. First and goal from the one. This is it. Stiegel. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Check out our social media pages for more at huddleup underscore MB. For full audio, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For full video, head over to YouTube at Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Tune in next week for another great episode. See you next time.